NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in, and it's confirmed. SaveWithConrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is Adfree Shows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh, You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, yeah, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early, with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at adfreeshows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And once again, it's me. It's me. It's Conrad T. Not really. It's Diamond Dallas Page, boys and girls, the WWE Hall of Famer. What's up, DDP? How are you? Oh, my God. You know, last week when you when you hit me with the whole, um, you had to hear my comments on the inmates running the asylum from, from, um, from WCW and what do you think about last night? And I just said, you know, it's, you know, the same thing reiterate, you know, it's uh, politics and egos and people getting their feelings heard and think guys saying shit and going into business for themselves. I mean, shit. I mean, that's part of the business. I mean, it does, ha- it happens. You don't see it happen in WWE that, you know, I, I don't remember the last time I saw it, but it's, you know, we saw it in WCW. I guess uh, last week's press conference, I, you know, I got it. Punk was entertaining as fuck to me. You know I mean? It was like, it was entertaining to watch. Uh, and he was just, he's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve and says what he feels. And, you know, that's really worked for him in the past. I don't know how it's going to work for, for him. Moving moving forward, uh, this, of course, will come out, you know, Tuesday, and we're filming this a week out. So I don't know what happened on Wednesday yet, but I will definitely address that coming into next week because and, and Jake will be checking it out, too, and just have our own little opinion about, you know, what's happening. Um, but, man... <laughs> Wow. I mean, I saw when WCW, you know, it, it was getting towards the end. And, you know, it, it's almost every man for themselves to a certain degree. But what I was witnessing <laughs> for AW, wow, Katie barred the door, man. It was uh it was pretty, pretty wild. It was pretty wild to watch. And uh you know, and, and Punk has always been that guy who, you know, who says what the fuck he feels. And it's worked out kind of good for him. <laughs> you know, I don't, it'll be interesting to see because we'll come back and we'll make that our first show. It'll be after, you know, a week of seeing what happened, two weeks actually, of seeing what happens in AEW. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll talk about that uh, because boy, whoo. I wouldn't want to be Tony Kong that scenario. 
<laughs> yeah. No, sir. Uh, our, our topic today isn't even AEW, but we are talking a little more modern wrestling. We're going to be talking all about the WWE and the changes to creative there. It's hard to imagine, you know, as long as I've known you, Dallas, I never thought you and I would talk about a time when we discussed WWE without Vince McMahon, but that's the reality. Oh. he's out and, and, and he's made that, or it's been made very clear to us that it's the Hunter Hearst Helmsley show. Now it's the triple H show. It's the Paul Levesque show. And I can't wait to pick your brain about how you think he's doing. But first, did you ever think we would be where we are now? WWE with no Vince McMahon. Not unless Vince had passed, Yeah, you know, you know, we have no control over that. Um, but I never, ever thought that, you know, that would happen. And when it did, you know, it's, I, I, I just can't imagine because Vince is someone, you know, he's the guy who really, you know, got to give the guys due on what he created. He put wrestling where it is, you know, today, you know, he's the guy who took the chances and so many people, you know, they, they don't even know, like, like he put everything on the line in the eighties, you know, to make it pop the way it did. Like he risked everything and it all could have blown up in his face, but it didn't. So we had an unbelievable run. Uh, the, uh, the only reason he's out is, you know, the obvious of, you know, having a board, you know, having someone who, you know, now you're public. Well, now what you do all the time is watched and they can pull something out on you. And it had to be, you know, something that for, for him to be gone. Now, personally, I think Vince had a great run. And, um, even though he didn't really do anything good with me, you know, that was, that was never personal to me personally. Right. It was WCW. They were going to crush anybody who was the, you know, the, the top guy to come in for WCW to make a point. And in, in the bigger picture, I got it. You know, it took me a little while to understand it and wasn't personal and, uh, things came back around later. And, you know, I was very, um, I really enjoy doing the things that I do with WWE and, and I'm back there again and doing stuff again with them. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that, uh, you know, and don't, don't ever be like Paul is the guy, but don't think that Stephanie <laughs> yeah. is not, a, a, I mean, that, that is one of the smartest people in the business. And I am sure, you know, they talk about stuff all the time because, you know, that that's, that's the element of the couple that they are. And, uh, I can remember when I, uh, went to, uh, WrestleMania in Dallas, I believe, can't remember what number it was. 32. It's I did, 32, mm-hmm. where I did the battle Royal and they gave me the entrance. I'm, I'm 60 friggin', I'm 61 years old at the time, you know, <laughs> and I just walked up to both of them and gave them a big hug, you know, and thanked them for uh, letting me go out there and, uh, I just have a little fun dropping some uh, cutters and getting thrown over the top rope and getting a nice payday. Um, but I never thought Vince would be gone, you know, until he was actually gone. Um, but for me personally, I a lot of the shows, you know, in the last year or two, a lot of it, I would fast forward. Yeah. I saw something with Edge, I'd stop. I saw something with Roman, I'd stop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I saw Ray in a match. You know, there are certain guys that I would stop to watch because I want to see what they're doing. And if I saw some of the storyline, really, really wasn't, you know, I wasn't liking them. You know, it was just me personally. I'm a 60, 66 year old man, but who I think I transcend every generation of, you know, I love wrestling and, and I love being around it and watching it and when it, when it's done really well. So, uh, I fast forward it until I saw the thing with edge, you know, coming back. And then when I saw him do the judgment day thing, I loved the way it looked. I love that he cut his hair. He had a new look 
And so like it goes back, you always, you know, reinventing yourself. And uh um that was the beginning part of watching it, and then I love what they did later with it. But now that uh uh Triple H is in you know in charge, the six matches at the pay-per-view said it all to me. Yeah. Like we're gonna have wrestling here that's not just high spots crash and burn shit that's going to be there but it's also going to tell stories and that's what top wrestlers do they tell stories afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, one of the stories we saw is um, the use of some celebrity with... Uh, with Logan Paul, you and I haven't spent any time talking about Logan Paul, but he had a big match, uh, over at SummerSlam. It was going to be, uh, him and Miz taking on the Mysterios. And we know the Mysterios have their own thing now, but you better than most professional wrestlers, or maybe first amongst all the wrestlers that I'm familiar with understood the power of social media. And that's really what Logan Paul has built his entire career around and boy, what an athlete he is. And then you saw that same weekend, I believe they had triple H on his podcast impulsive. Uh, it feels as if hunters bought in on Logan Paul. What do you think about Logan Paul? Well, I actually met him. Uh, I met him. I'll send a picture to you so you can pop it up there. We were in the elevator and I could tell that he wasn't a fan for being a kid. How old is he now? Uh, at 29, I think. Like well, not yet. So I could tell he wasn't a fan. 27, 27. I'm sorry. 27. So he was too young, probably. Yeah. At that point. But I could tell when he said, Hey, man, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. He goes, Hey, man. And he shook my hand. I still do a picture. And he goes, Let's do a diamond cutter. He went, Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Right. And the only other person to ever say no to me doing the diamond cutter with me was uh, Val Kilmer. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but every single other person has done it with me. And he goes, no, that's a gang sign. I got sued over that. And I understand. I understood him because a guy like him is in such a position. I mean, he's up there. Yeah. Like, the last thing he needs is wrestling, you know, but it's another thing that brings him into mainstream again, doing something else that's, you know, uh, good for his brand. Yeah. But a spectacle, yes. you know, it's, we have a humongous audience, uh-huh. um, but he wouldn't do anything because of the dimes, a gang sign. And he'd been sued over it before. That's what I told him. Ah, don't worry about it. So we took the picture, but we talked for a couple, yeah, probably about 30 seconds. Very sharp dude um, being pulled a million different ways. Saw what he did in the ring. Of course, you know, Miz really made him look great. Oh yeah, which is your job when you go out there. That's your job. Make the make the celebrity look as good as you can. Well, that kid's first of all, you'll see in the picture, he's almost as tall as I am. Yeah, I'm six four, so he's a big dude. He's good looking. He's a great athlete. Obviously, he talk his ass off. So, and he puts asses in the seats. So win, 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 like him or not. Now, I think he would have came in as a heel big time if you'd put him baby face, baby face. That never would have happened. But that's smart booking. Keep him with the guy who really plays the heel. You know, like Jericho, when Jericho's a heel, he's a heel. Mm-hmm. You know, Miz, same way. So uh um I, I really think the cat's got all the tools too. And I thought he delivered WrestleMania and uh, you know, that two days of WrestleMania, I wasn't crazy about that, but I saw it. And then after you realize they rent that building for the whole week. Yeah. It's crazy not to do two nights. They own the building. They made, oh, pff, 
I can't imagine how many more millions of dollars they made on that. It's, you know, it's it's very very smart idea. Let's talk a little bit about um, Triple H and his approach because I think a lot of fans fell out of love with Hunter during his run as a top guy in WWE. We'll call it the early two thousands. I don't mean like in a, we don't like you, you're a heel type of way. I mean, the quote unquote smart fans started to say, oh, he's holding people down. He's playing politics. The same thing we heard about Hulk Hogan a generation before they were now, they were now saying about Hunter, they started that maybe around Oh five and that kind of kept going. And it seemingly to me got worse and worse. And then NXT happened. And it became everyone's favorite brand of wrestling. Long right. before there was an AEW, we got uh, to see these phenomenal takeovers with talent like Nakamura, with Andrade, with Samoa Joe, with Finn Balor, uh, with Kevin Owens. Uh, we got to see Cesaro, who maybe hadn't been used as, as as good as he could have been on the main roster. He comes down to NXT, tears it up with Sami Zayn, the Bray Wyatt character, and that whole phenomenon is really cultivated in NXT. And it just feels like one hit after another. And then AEW comes along and now all of a sudden NXT changes. It's going to be a television property. It feels less and less special as a result. It sort of feels less than it feels as if Hunter is going to be on the outside looking in, um, there's some management changes. And then we hear he has a health scare and it looks like he's gone. He's going to be going home and, and done with wrestling for a while. And then all this Vince McMahon stuff happens. And now he's the top guy. And I kind of feel like what we saw with NXT could be what we're about to see here with WWE. We certainly feel as if some of those internet favorites, the Garganos of the world that, that he had a lot of faith and confidence in an NXT, maybe they weren't Vince's cup of tea, but they are hunters. And now, now they're back. And, and another great example of that is carrying cross and Scarlet. They had such a phenomenal run with NXT. They get called up to the WWE separated, put in silly gimmicks, lose their first night. Nothing like the way they got over in NXT with Hunter's presentation, totally different. So the idea that maybe there's some cohesiveness, the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. And maybe what happens in NXT will continue on the main roster feels like a real possibility now, but I am curious. Do you think the main roster show? will start to look more and more like NXT used to look, in your opinion. Well, let's look. I, I have to go back because at, you know, the show you put on, you know, the Flair's last, you know, big deal yeah. weekend, and you put me next to Kyrie Cross. And I'm looking at that handsome, six-foot-four, yep. 265-pound, sweet. I watched him with a fan. Watch this girl. I mean, this cat has everything. Now, I remember him from NXT, saw what they did with him in WWE, which that's called setting you up to fail. Okay? If if the bookers set you up to fail and you got to do what they tell you to do and then you fail, it's not your fault. You know, but that's what they wanted you to do. And and the example would be, for me, would have been <laughs> the stalker. You know, I, and I'm going to play that to its extreme, but, you know, it wasn't going to help me. You know, it wasn't, it was setting me up to fail. Uh, but that was the way it went out. And that that's when I see someone like a carrion, that guy had everything. And I literally said to him after we had got done with the second, the second, uh, uh, you know, day of signing, we took a picture together and I said, dude, I know it seems crazy that you are not in one of these two top companies because you belong there in a hell of a spot. I said, but don't lose faith, bro. Don't lose faith. It's going to happen. Two weeks later, I get call, and he's doing a run-in on Drew McIntyre. You can't start a guy in a better position than that. He's got his wife sitting next to him, and they're 
in the middle of the mix. Now, I had nothing to do with that, but there's certain guys, no matter what, it's almost impossible for them not to get another opportunity. And that's one of the cats. And he has the potential to be a humongous star in WWE. Um, Johnny Gargano. What Hunter respects. Johnny's not the biggest guy, but I'll tell you what, he's a believable tough son of a bitch. Yeah. And he can go. He can interview. He did a hell of an interview uh, a couple weeks back. He not only can go interview, he can tell stories. Some of him and Tommaso Ciampa's stuff was unbelievable. You see, Tommaso coming back into a better spot. Like that cat, that cat right there is an unbelievable, an unbelievable entertainer. Friggin' wrestler, superstar, promo, believable, tough as nails, can go for days. Now, these are the guys, if you look at, I, I, I personally think moving forward, Let's get to the main roster where we want it, if I'm Triple H. Never forgetting about NXT. And when we build that person from there, they continue to be that person, that character that the fans are getting with. It doesn't make sense to do it any other way. So I think that you're going to see, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the people, you know, it's it's interesting because I know that Stephen Regal and Triple H were very tight as well. And, you know, him being, he's the only guy I don't see coming back because he has a contract, you know, with Tony Khan. And, and he's at a hell of a spot there right now. Mm -hmm. you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I love what Steve's doing down there. But, uh, you know, Road Dog's back. A lot of the guys that are back that, you know, paid their dues with Triple H. You know, Road Dog wasn't simply in, um, you know, in uh, the Attitude Era with them and doing the whole suck it, you know, the whole you know, Generation X stuff, which was incredible, you know, Hall of Famers. Then he had some issues, you know, like we had talked about last week, you know, like Buff did. He had, he had some issues, but he got, he got through them. And he got to the other side. And that's another guy who's a great example of a guy who's living his best life. And then he gets gets told to be, you're gone. Mm. I'm so happy to see him back because that cat earned his spot, you know, and he's going to be another guy that, you know, that, you know, Triple H can uh, depend on. No doubt about it. We've also seen, uh, you know, Bailey come back, Dakota Kai. Uh, come back. Um, th th there's going to be a lot of, of moving parts here, but even some folks like Dexter Loomis, who I, I think is a really talented performer. We've seen him wrestle other places as Sam Shaw, but the hit squad on and on and on, it feels like he's trying to quote unquote, right the wrongs of before. And, and, and now it makes me wonder, Hey, who else has been out there that might be on his radar and a name. I don't think enough people are talking about. I want to bring up to you. It's Nick Aldis. I don't know what his contractual status with the NWA is, but it does feel as if he had opportunities to go to AEW or WWE before, or maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I'm not sure, but with now a new top guy there, it's no longer Vince making the decisions. Now it's Hunter. What do you think Hunter thinks about a guy like Nick Aldis? I don't, I, I'd never asked him, but I don't know how he couldn't love him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the match, you know, for, for the title with him and Cody at all, at all out, uh, I got to know Nick a little bit and <laughs> again, guys want to have a beer with him. Chicks want to screw him. You know, <laughs> he's married. He ain't, and he's, you know, to Mickey. So he ain't going anywhere or doing anything, but it's that, it's that implied thing. Women love you. I just watched Have you seen the Elvis movie? I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Like it, him and Hanks, the kid, I don't even know the kid's name played Elvis. 
But if if there was points where because they they kept showing Elvis occasion, occasionally to real Elvis, there was points where, especially at the end in that last song, was that him or was that Elvis? Like I didn't know, and I I I mean I literally assumed it was Elvis because it was so real. That kid was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he had it all, you know, that, that when you, when you look at something like that, like I'll be blown away if he doesn't win the Oscar, but Nick, all this is that kind of guy. I mean, he's got the friggin' look, he's got the work, he's got the promo. I mean, all this time, like he is a hidden, he's a hidden diamond. He's not a diamond in the rough. He's a diamond. Like he's ready to go. And I know I'd said, aren't you going to go with AEW? And he's like, Nah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Billy over in the NWA. Like he's old school wrestling, and you know, and he can go old or new. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know what his, you know, his status is. Oh, I don't either. I, I just feel like he's a guy that would definitely be on Hunter's radar. I would think. Yeah. You know, I, and if if not right now, at some point later, you know, because you got to get your all your. He's got enough to do right now. <laughs> I had I had called them and asked them to call me back. Right, this shit was happening about something that I wanted to talk to him about, and he called me. And then he put after that he put me with John Cohn, but <laughs> you know because he's like, you even text me, dude. I I am I'm, I'm insanely busy, so you know I, I don't ever really expect to get you know a call from him again, uh, just because he's so busy. But he'll always be the first one to tell me if I'm in you know coming into Atlanta, come down, stop down, say hello, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for wrestling fans on so many different levels because there's so many different organizations, you know, from the NWA to impact to AW mixed with ROH. And then you got WWE mixed with NXT. I mean, if there's any time that it's great to be a wrestling fan, you know, it's now it's now. No doubt about it. Uh, very well said. I do want to ask about something else we've seen because it did feel like for a long, long time, uh, for whatever reason, Sami Zayn maybe had a ceiling in WWE, but now all of a sudden we see him inserted into their top storyline, the bloodline. I, I felt like Sami Zayn is, is one of the more underutilized talents. He's shown us that he can have incredible, hard hitting, fast paced, modern style matches with the likes of, uh, you know, Cesaro, like almost a, can you top this every time he goes out with Kevin Owens, but then oh, he yeah. showed his comedic range. When he wrestled in the jackass match at WrestleMania this past year, that was pure entertainment start to finish. Sure. Yeah. And, and now he's no longer he's here or he's there. He's involved at with the big angle, the bloodline, Roman reigns, the Usos, Paul Heyman. I feel like Sami Zayn is going to be a major beneficiary of Hunter being in control. Wouldn't you agree? I think him and Kevin Owens, and yes. you've seen where, where KO is going now. And, uh, again, these are NXT guys, you know, yeah. these are guys he groomed from the get-go and who was the number one guy in their ear most of the time, Shawn Michaels, yeah. you know, and now Sean's, you know, up in charge on that level. So the guys you worked with, who, you know, have the, the ability to go you know, to draw, to talk, to work that you don't have to, you know, it's not like, it's not a guessing game. You know, they've been proven over the years. And, uh, I think that you're going to stick with your inner circle first of guys, you know, that go now let's put you out there. Now, can you still produce? These guys have been producing for years and then they finally, you know, at some point they go away. You know, or they just disappear or they work their way down the card. But these guys that you're talking about, you know, have the ability to come right back up that card. And, you know, the card is always moving around, (laughs) you know, with so many different wrestlers and so many different organizations, you know, uh, there's so many places to go. And I think with the guys that you have there that Sean and Triple H are going to uh, take the guys that have been proven 
that they can do it because if they were just working out of the um what do they call the NXT thing down there that the the small place the 800 the performance uh, center that yeah, the poor, that's what full sale but the full sale yeah if they were only working at full sale and didn't get the takeover like back in you go back a few years like I said, a lot of the WWE stuff I didn't watch, but I watched the takeover stuff. The takeover stuff was, I mean, the they that was the crowd before AEW came around. Yes. That was that crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, and when Tony Khan and AEW promised to deliver on a certain level, you know, they they really did in the beginning. And then it's go like we saw in that press conference and you know like that's airing out the laundry not through one of the rag sheets that's airing it right there when you're airing that shit right right there on the uh on the uh, press conference that that's a different level you know and again i i found i found punk incredibly entertaining uh, but he wasn't trying to be entertaining. No. He was, yeah, he was speaking his truth. He was wearing his heart on his sleeve. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what it's like back in that locker room. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting time for AEW. I think people are going to be tuned in to say the least, you know, not just what's happening on camera, but all the reports coming out of it. But that's what I wanted to ask about really is, the knock on NXT and for that matter, AEW uh, is there's been a, an old school contingent that would say, oh, they're booking for the internet. And 20 years ago, when people or 25 years ago, when people right. would be critical of, um, Vince Russo and they would say he's booking for a fraction of a fraction of the audience. He's just trying to look for swerves and surprises and use these work shoots and inside terms. And there's a lot of negativity from the old school. And I'm curious, do you think perhaps Hunter is going to do more of that because it's worked so well with that quote unquote smart fan? Would he be missing the point, the bigger point, if he does start to quote unquote book for the internet, or is that even a thing anymore? I don't think triple H will be booking for the internet. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just can't imagine that even though the internet has a pretty sound voice right now, I think he's going to book good storylines. That's what I believe um, from a wrestler's point of view. You know who was really great at that? Who? At Patterson. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, some of the best shit that came out of the 80s came out of Pat Patterson. Yeah. Because when you're a worker, you know, the way we tell stories and the way we cut promos and you know, I don't know if they're still having all their stuff written. If anything, the way I would do it, and I yeah, I don't know how they're doing it, but I would have it written, give you here's your here's here's your talking points. I go out there and do it. Because when you've got to remember word for word and you just got it, like when actors would come in <laughs> to do spots, you know, and we'd give them a sheet. It's a paragraph. And they go, well, why didn't I get this yesterday? Right. Because we just, because we just wrote it. Right. Well, I, I, I need time. Well, you got about two hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and for me personally, every time they wrote me something, I just made it my own. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, cause I wouldn't say it like that, you know, and I needed to have like my own inflections. Yes. On, you know, especially, and and they, in the beginning, they just said, here's what we're doing. Like everything. I wrote everything. You know, you know, who's a guy that I, I just feel has been totally screwed in this business. Uh, Enzo. Okay. Let's talk about that because he did become a polarizing figure. He had some allegations against him. I don't think people reported the results nearly as loudly as they reported the allegations, but as far as I know, uh, he was cleared of all wrongdoing and that's not to Wait say, a second. Let, 
But let me back you. I got to back you up there because I know the story. Okay. The woman who said he, I she didn't use the word raped. I, I don't know what she said, what exactly the words were on Twitter. Um, not only, and, and Enzo was let go, you know, suspended at that point and then let go for an allegation. Did you know that the cops, the cops not only never arrested him, he never even got a call from the cops. Wow. And there was a guy who came out, and the girl was a hooker. And there was a guy who came out that knew her. And she said a bunch of stuff in text about Enzo that basically it was, you know, I don't know. I don't remember the exact content, but he put it all out there. And Enzo was completely off the hook because he didn't do anything. Right. And this guy, and one of the things that you know me, I try to, you know, when Big Cass, who, by the way, come on, had an awesome, an awesome, you know, uh, second appearance at AEW and went out there. What did you, what did you think? I thought he was stolen. Looks like a million bucks. I know he'd been working with you and Doug Lawson and he looked better than ever. Uh, really excited to see him get another chance and another opportunity. And I do feel like it's weird that so often we root for guys to have another opportunity and it feels like in wrestling more so than ever, we, we really pull for that. I mean, that's really the basis of the show we're doing right now. It's about believing in yourself and not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get back up. But that sometimes in wrestling feels kind of selective. Like we want this yeah. guy to have a better, a uh, second chance, but not that guy. And, and I'm glad yeah. you're, you're bringing that up because Enzo is a name that is almost spoken in hushed terms. And that's maybe not, maybe we don't have all the information, but you do. I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to re-interview him next time he comes down here. I'm going to get that whole story because people need to hear it. Like I know it. And first of all, Enzo is a, was, was. And this is a guy I know pretty good now. Enzo was a very polarizing character. He got the fame and when him and Kaz, who were over his like crazy oh, yeah. at oh, one yeah. point. No doubt. When when he got that opportunity and then he went off to do his own thing, he even got more over. Yeah. You know, but that sick with a 205, I think it was a 205 belt or whatever it was called. Um Lightweight, or I can't remember what 205 Live, yeah, Cruiserweight Champion. Yeah, 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 he he took it to a different level, and like a lot of guys we know, he lived the gimmick, yeah, like too much. And what you when you're that young and you're given that much celebrity spot, a lot of guys don't know how to handle it, and he was the same guy outside of the curtain with the people as he was on the other side. And that can get old and that can ruin relationships. And sure can. What, what I always talk about relationships. Talk about last week are the most important thing you have. And when I knew Enzo was trying to help Kaz when he was going through his heavy depressions and the alcoholism and stuff. And he, Enzo really, really tried to help him a lot. And Kaz came in one time and Enzo did. And I got to meet Enzo, not Eric, Enzo. And Enzo, oh God, can be, can be really tough to be around when he's not letting Eric out. Mm. And it, it took a while but I, at one one point, I had to go, hey, bro, you've been telling me about you for the last two days. You keep telling the same stories over and over again. Have I told you? Have I even heard me talk about any of my championship runs, world title runs, and you know, working on top of the tippity-tippity-top? Did I ever talk about that? You know, Hall of Fame stuff, yeah. 
No. I go, so stop talking about it. Let's just, I want to get to know Eric. Yeah. And it took a while. Today, you know, you grow as you get older. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn. I got to tell you, I watch Enzo because Doug Lawson will send me, you know, uh, you know, videos of him out on the road doing a show. And I mean, that kid can wrestle, man. And we all know he can talk. Yes. And now he's learned humility, mm. which is a huge part of this business. You need to know who you are, but you need to be humble. Longevity, and, especially longevity in any walk of life, any business, you know, without humility, there won't be longevity. And the biggest, one of the best documentaries out there is the Allen Iverson documentary. Did you ever see it? I did. And I said, dude, you need to watch that documentary because I will guarantee you. I mean, it would have been if, if, and he still could have been himself, but if Allen and he was so fucked so many times. I mean, the whole thing where he went to jail in high school. And I mean, this poor guy had been just, I mean, just beat up so bad, you know, mentally. And, you know, by white people. And it was white people who saved him too. You know, that that coach that he had, mm-hmm. he lived with them. And I mean... Oh God, I love Al Robertson. I love him. And I love his struggle that he would come out of and then to go to Georgetown and then, you know, be the elite of the elite, go to the NFL. It literally, NFL, NBA. It re- literally could have been Michael Jordan and Alan Iverson. Yeah. You know, it really could have been, but he had so much. Oh God, they, they beat him up on so many different angles and yeah. it was hard for him to be humble. At the end, if you watch him in that show, when he gets to the end, I mean, you just fall in love with the guy. Yes. I loved him even when he was, you know, the guy that everybody was dogging on. Because practice. I just, I just yeah. Practice. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you don't think that guy practiced? Of course oh he my did. God. More than anybody. Like, I practiced my whole life. Sometimes it's just practice, though. That nobody worked harder right. than Allen Iverson. Right. Nobody. Michael Jordan did not work harder than Allen Iverson. Impossible. Mike Jordan was six foot five, could fly through the air. Allen was six foot one and could really do anything because he was that natural an athlete. That's a great documentary. To, and I had Enzo watch that. And I think it helped him on his journey of being humble. But I'm gonna, we're going to tell you, we put up those stories occasionally. Next time Enzo comes down, I want to put it out there because I want people to see like who he really is. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's an amazing cat. And I don't care if he showed up at, you know, AW or ever got a chance for WWE again, uh, that whole arena would lose their minds. Let's talk about they Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens had a big moment at WrestleMania. What a vote of confidence oh, it was. It's the old regime, right? It's uh it's Vince McMahon who re-signed him. I think everybody, including those on the AEW side of things, assumed, well, he's going to be over here with us. Right. And, and that's not the case. He wound up re-signing with WWE and he wound up closing uh, the show uh, WrestleMania with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the biggest star in the history of the business. And yep. it's been five years since he's had a title of any sort with WWE. And he came in with a, with a lot of bravado and was immediately working with John Cena fresh off of a big NXT run. But it felt like after that, he did get a, a run with the title, but it was more of a transitional moment for Goldberg. But now with Hunter, with his hands on the steering wheel, you got to think the sky is the limit for a guy like Kevin Owens, right? Again, not the biggest guy. But I'll put him up against any guy. <laughs> you know, fight, fight Kevin, fight. Is that or the fight Owens fight? I'm not sure which one it is. But uh, he's a he's a legit he's he's a legit tough son of a bitch, no doubt. And and he believes in himself, and that's that's all it really takes. You know, if you can just get through the drama and the bullshit and the politics and just keep working, 
I see Kevin Owens, like, potential is limitless for him. There's so many top guys at WWE right now that can work, believable, and can talk. I mean, you could see, like, you could see another heyday a year from now, you know, of another, because, because of the crew. And and the guys I'm talking about, all aren't they're not high spot specialists. They are guys storytellers. Yeah, they're storytellers mm-hmm. who can work, are believable, and can talk. You know, I don't know since the '90s if there's been this many guys that could talk. Yeah, you know, and back it up with work. And the crowd going crazy, you know that, and that's another reason why, no matter what, I would be a regular stomping grounds in the UK because that's what the fans are supposed to look like. Yes, and, and you know when when you just drew and and uh, and Roman, they didn't have to do anything in the beginning. You know they didn't. It was like with me and Savage being out there. Like, we didn't have to do anything in the beginning. The littlest thing is going to make them pop. Right. And and that's that, that's what I loved about the match that, that Drew and Roman, you know, put out there and and how they built to the false finishes. And and like I said last week, there's five five times you thought that match was over. Yes. You know? And uh you know, they, they, I I see really good things happening, I, and I see uh, I, I see the business, and even with all the turmoil that's over there in AEW right now, that could work its way out. Or oh, it, could it be, will, and it could, and, and it could be a, and I'm I'm sure it will, but it could be a really positive thing too. You know, because they've got some great guys who can work and talk. Jericho is still. At fifty fucking two years old or fifty one, whatever he is, he is still a top dog that can go talk and got the greatest entrance ever. When you have every single person singing, yes, your words, it's a cool deal. Your words and the music's off, and they're singing it louder than the music it was playing. You're over at a different level for forever. And then, of course, Moxley, you know, Punk, MJF's back, you know, the, the, the fucking Bucks, Kenny Omega. I mean, they they have so much talent there. And I love Jade. I think Jade is, she's not just, that. that's a China. That's a China, like, now. Like, she has that same ability to be in that spot with that body, that look, and for not being a person, she kind of like Goldberg in a way. She's not been working that long. Right. You know? So she gets the, the business instinctively, and she's gorgeous on top of everything. Let's talk about you know? uh, WWE a bit more, because I was really encouraged. You know, you sometimes wonder, is this going to be the same shit, different day sort of deal? Because it does feel like, it's such a huge company, WWE, that any sort of change, it couldn't be immediate. It would just take so long to get that momentum going and get the ball rolling before any real change could be there. But almost immediately, I saw a really cool United States title match where before they showed the match, they showed the history of the title and the lineage right. of the championship and all the old greats, guys like Ric Flair and guys like Harley race. And then when it came down to the actual match. Tommaso Ciampa came to the ring wearing Harley Race's old ring jacket from the very first Starcade where he dropped that title, uh, the world title, to uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. And mm. that tip of the cap to wrestling history, it almost felt as if there was this alternate universe where there's what really happened, and then there's the WWE version of what happened. And as somebody who was a top guy in WCW, you remember that process very well. But for them to acknowledge history outside of their own and build value in that title. It made it feel special. It made it feel more important. It made it feel like a big fight feel. 
And I think that's a great thing. And I wonder what a guy like you who grew up on the way wrestling used to be thought about them almost a paradigm shift. Let's acknowledge the history of this title, even if it's not our own history. Well, I think it is their own history now, you know, because it isn't the WWF anymore. It is the WWE and, you know, Tommaso there, there's, there's another guy who like, you know, I talked about last week has so much talent. He works so hard. He like, he loved being down at NXT, but now kind of like NXT's up at WWE, <laughs> it's it's a different time, and be able to come out and do that, and and put that over. I had that I had that uh, U.S. title twice, and the first person that I beat for that was Kurt Henning. Right, you know, there's a little bit of lineage there, you know, and I loved working with Kurt, but you know, Tommaso coming out and putting over that that whole, you know race and oh yeah you know harley you know to me it was it's the way wrestling's supposed to be and 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 i don't think you'll ever see and i don't want to say booked it because everybody knows you know a lot of the legends back you know 10 years ago or more would just get beat up like that didn't make any sense to me at all right why, why would I want to see somebody beat down Snuka? Right. <laughs> you know, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, these are your guys who, like, would you do that to Babe Ruth? Would you do that to Hank Aaron? <laughs> you know? Would you do that to, uh, you know, to Earl Campbell? <laughs> you wouldn't. You would revere them for helping pave the way for and what what I see happening is wrestling is cyclical. Yeah, the audience is is so different now. When you say there's ratings of a two point two, let's just say, which were the highest ratings in quite a while, with the new regime that come on, um, you forget about Peacock. Yeah, because Peacock is playing everything right after. So it's right there. And you want to talk about brilliance. Whoever thought of this from Peacock, when you heard the number, you thought, oh, my God, they paid what? But they paid $1 billion not to buy the WWE, not to buy the catalog, because they never would have sold it. They paid to lease the product for five years for $1 billion. But they were looking for viewers to come over and pay their $4.99 or $8.99 or whatever it was. They were paying $9.99 over with the WWE Network. So they do it right before WrestleMania. And I was talking with Eric Bischoff and he's, you know, he knows all that, the inside scoops on numbers and everything. And he told me, I believe the number was 137 million people signed up. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's necessarily they signed up. They had Comcast, so it was included for free. Either way, the point is you have a huge subscriber base now that has access to the WWE stuff. And of course they can upcharge if they want, because a lot of Peacock is free, but some of the older stuff, they'll still put behind a little paywall for five bucks or so. And it's been a great deal. And I think, you know, Nick Khan probably deserves all the credit in the world for that decision. And I think business wise, the company is in great hands, but what fans are really excited about is whose hands is the creative in. And the the one last name I want to bring up before we do some fan questions is a guy who's having a, a hell of a run. He's on one crazy tear in NXT. A lot of people assume by this point, he would have been on the main roster. They've held him back because he is still very, very new, but Braun breaker has Mm. got to have the brightest future of anyone on the NXT roster. In my opinion, so new to the business, such a legacy in his family. And I mean, just look at him. He just looks like a WWE superstar in your opinion. Would it surprise you to see him in that top spot at a WrestleMania in the next handful of years? Absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bronson, you know, 
I don't know why they didn't leave him Bronson. I think he's, his Bronson. name's got to change, right? Like now ah. with Vince out and we don't have to have that anymore. I say when he goes to the main roster, cause we know that's going to happen eventually. Let him be Bronson Steiner. My goodness. A hundred percent. Like Bronson and I have been buddies for a long time. And, you know, he's been over to my house. You'll see him in a bunch of DDP yoga workouts. Uh, he'll challenge me to 10-second push-ups. Lower for 10, hold for 10, push up for 10. He's yet to beat me because that's something I am the master at. But also can step it up when I'm uh, this stud. Now, also, who else works out with me is Scotty's sons. Um Brandon and uh, Brock. Now, Brock, I got to tell you about Brock. Brock, 6'1". Uh, just, but th- 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 their mom, we know what their dad looks like, okay? Yes, yes. And their mom, who's a super athlete, to make these two kids, Bronson, uh, I should say Brock, who's six foot one, can two-hand dunk, but he's a football player. He's a tight end. He is a stud. Has ridiculous work ethic. And then there's um, Brandon, who just got signed by. Is he going to be a senior this year? But he just got signed. Point guard. He's the number one point guard in the state of Georgia. And he got brought in by Virginia, one of the top basketball schools in the country. Yeah. And at six one. He can slam dunk. I mean, these kids are got crazy work ethics. And then my, my Maverick, who's Bronson's brother, another stud. That's one of Rick's sons. And uh, they're, they're over all the time. Maverick just texted me the other day. He's like, dude, can I come over and work out with you? Because he's doing my program on his own. But he also wants to come and be a part of the workouts that we do. So that's where Bronson and I first really started the bond. And then when he was getting ready to go play the trial for the, for the Baltimore Ravens and he made it all the way to the last cut, then they let him go. And then of course he went into wrestling and then it was COVID over that period. And they called him back and wanted him to come back to the Ravens. And he said, nah, I'm good. And that kid, man, I mean, he's he's really he is a shining star. He's got a great lineage between, of course, his old man and his uncle. Um, he he's going to be a monster star in this business and uh, humble. You know, he's keeping his feet on the ground. And uh, yeah, I look for him eventually to come on here and do uh, do the podcast with us. You know, he's 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 a, he's a really good kid. And you got a lot of talent. Well, there's lots of good kids, lots of talent going around. I'm excited for what's next with WWE. It did feel like there was a sense of sameness for a long, long time. Uh, I, for one, don't think I would be a wrestling fan. If it weren't for Vince McMahon, I fell in love with his over the top characters like Hulk Hogan and the macho man, Randy Savage and the ultimate warrior in demolition. And man, it started just lifelong fandom for me. And a lot of that was because of the way they were positioned. Uh, with Vince McMahon's WWF. So I'll forever be thankful and appreciative for what his contributions to wrestling were, but I have to admit, I'm pretty excited to see what's next. You know, wrestling fans love something that's new and exciting. And it feels like it's a a new and exciting time to be a WWE fan. As we're talking, I think they've completely sold out or almost sold out survivor series in Boston. And I think both WrestleMania nights are now completely sold out. They may have some production kills that they're going to open up here or there, but they haven't announced anything for either show and the product is so hot that it's flying off the shelves. So it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. I am curious how many of these AEW talent who were essentially let go or didn't see a future with themselves with WWE wish in hindsight, they would have known this was going to come around and, and, and white knuckled it. But now everybody is, you know, talking about who's going where, and this is the first time I remember Dallas, this being the case since maybe 1998 in 1998 people were still, you could argue I'm a WWE fan or F at the time I'm a WCW fan, but it felt like when AEW became a thing, 
almost immediately, there were lots of guys who we heard wanted to leave WWE and go to AEW. The idea that now maybe some guys want to leave AEW and go to WWE, it feels more like the Monday night wars now than ever before. There's no more head to head programming, but just as far as, Hey, this company's not doing with anything with me. I want to go over there. It's no longer a one-way street. It feels as if, Hey, there's real competition now, maybe not just competition for fans, but competition between the offices for who can get the most favorable amount of talent. I think it's a, the, the net benefit the the folks who really win the most are us fans. And no, I'm, 100%. I'm excited for what this is going to create. And, uh, Hey, I, I don't know how we did, but we did two shows here without Jake. I didn't think it turned out that bad. I mean, I miss Jake. I'm glad he'll be back next week, but this was fun, man. Talking about current wrestling with you. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we're going to continue to do that. We'll still do our evergreen shows occasionally picking up different guys that we want to talk to. And I even called stinger up because I want to start to bring some guys in and sting doesn't do these, but he said, when I get done with his run, I promise I will come up and do it with you. So, uh, look forward to that. I'm going to reach out to some of my boys to occasionally throw those in there and talk about it. again. I want to, I want to start to, I, I like what's happening with wrestling. It's, you know, it's pulled me back in again. And, uh, I think it's it's like I said earlier, it's a great time for the fans, but it's a great time for the boys because it gives them the ability to up their worth. And uh, so you're not going to pay me that. Well, maybe they will, you know, and then you have that tit for tat and competition. It's what breeds the best yes. in everyone. Well said, and uh, we're hoping that you get our best next week right here on DDP Snake Pit. See you, brother. Bang.